Paganation. You paganated it. Wow, that sounds... You pagan. You paganated it again. Slander alert. Slander alert. Slander alert. It is not okay to add this content to the OP. This is Ethnexus, episode 113. Sounds very communist. On Friday, February 7th, 2014. And now, from the homeland, the main base. This episode of Ethnexus is hosted by Ryan Rampersed with co-host Matthew Petcher. Hey, how's it going? It's good. How about you? I'm doing well. Really? Yeah, it's been a big week. It has been a very big week. Yeah, it is. Uh... You know, you think Monday would be the biggest part of the week, right? The first day of the week? Never. No, no, it was actually Tuesday. That was the biggest part that, of the week. What made Tuesday so grand? Well, I saw Sam. Sam? Yeah. Is he back from the dead? I guess. So, what time of day did you see him? Uh, I have that class at approximately 1 p.m. Okay. I was about to say, he, it's pretty amazing if you saw him before noon. No, 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 it was not before noon. I guess he, he, he must have got to campus before noon because there's no way he could just get to campus at 1. Like, the class starts at 1, so I saw him, you know. A few minutes before one, yeah. so yeah. So where'd you meet? Run into him? I uh, actually, he uh, must have looked at my calendar and uh, followed me to class because I, I was just sitting in class before it started, eating my uh, mangoes and pretzels, and I saw this guy in a hoodie with some biker pants on, and it was Sam. Wow, biker pants really just means one pant leg is rolled up. Funny, like so a hipster. A hipster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I mean. Well. At least he's alive. You should read uh, tech news in front of him. You know, what's he going to do when he gets uh, one of them jobbies? Well, I don't know. Well, want to get to something really interesting. I mean, uh, this, this week I mean, has been like news so we, big we, we, we ended last week with the rumor that Microsoft would have a new CEO this week. And I didn't believe that it would actually happen. I thought it was just a rumor. It's Satya Nadella. Uh, so, uh, let's begin with the news, and that is all about Microsoft. Yeah. But before that, what where can we gates? find oh, no, the news? Oh, no, not the self-promotion again. Yeah, it's the self-promotion again. Where can you go to the get the show? TheNexus.tv slash ATN 113. 113, huh? That is the number of shows we've done. Now all of our lovely visitors can listen to the videos on their own time. Look, that just I'm still going we're to play in the, the iTunes store doesn't mean that they're not like everyone should be watching this through the website. No, I don't want anybody to watch through the website. I do. I want exclusively. people. I want people to listen to whatever device they're using and then to go to the website to get the links to read on their own. Okay, fine. Yeah, I think this is a much more elegant solution. Now let's talk about Microsoft and our good friend who's on the screen with us, Satya Nadella. What do you know about him? He's now the CEO. You should know a lot about him. Mm. How old is he? 55. Nope. Try again. 60. I don't remember either. You're terrible. <laughs> You're a terrible human being. No, um, I think he's 46. Uh, he has three kids. What? You think I'm reading it on the screen there behind you? That'd be actually really funny and actually really cool. He's he's actually from India. Imagine that. He uh, likes when to... was 67? 47. Okay, then. Great. So, he has a lot of uh, types of uh, education degrees. He likes to play cricket and he likes poetry, apparently. Which there needs to be some poetry to sell this content. Uh, let's see what else. That that's it. That that's all the bio sheet. Oh, he's worked at Microsoft for twenty two years. He wants to aspire to change the world. <laughs> so that's it. Have we said anything useful about him? No, there's nothing. Nobody knows anything about him. So there's nothing to say except to look at him. 
But well, I, the things we can say stuff about is uh, Mr. Gates. No, but before that, let's let's listen to a, a little bit of his. I thought you were going to say, let's just take a moment to look at his face again. <laughs> Because you just have them up at the monitors. I do, I do. I, so, yeah, I do, I do. But no, but I would, would like to play a little bit of his first interview with Microsoft. And the interview itself is kind of a weird thing because it's an interview conducted by another Microsoft employee that doubtlessly already knew him. I'm just saying. Play. I'm, 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 I'm going to play. Welcome to Microsoft Campus. My name's Steve Clayton, and today I have the opportunity to chat with Satya Nadella, our new CEO to ask him some questions about his new role, about the challenges and the opportunities ahead for Microsoft. Satya, let me start by asking you, who is Satya Nadella? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm 46 years old. I've been at Microsoft for 22 of those 46 years. I've been married for 22 years to a wife I've known ever since high school. We have three kids. Like anyone else, um, my experience in, you know, and how I think is all been shaped, I guess, by my life's experience. And the one thing that I would say that defines me is I love to learn. Uh, I, I get excited about new things. Uh, I buy more books than I read uh, or finish. Um, I sign up for more online courses than I can actually finish. But the thing about being able to watch people do great things, learn new concepts, is something that truly excites me. Now, CEO of Microsoft, tell me, tell us why did you want this role? It's a question I ask myself um, very deeply uh, when the opportunity came. That's a question a lot of people should be asking themselves. So, How deep do you want to go into this concept? Well, I actually do want to go in pretty deep. So right. Nobody knows anything about him as a person other than the people who already work at Microsoft um, as far as that, that's publicly known. And so we do know that he was working in you know, enterprise and cloud. And Bing for a little while. And Bing for a little while before that. We know how successful that was. But the stuff that he's working on recently... I don't blame him for Bing. No, 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 of course not. But the stuff that he's working on recently, uh, Azure and, you know, just enterprise in general... Big success. Is great successful. So do you think he can translate any of that to the rest of the Microsoft? Well, so far I think he has got a better attitude than the other guy who's a potential CEO. He wanted to get rid of Bing, sell Xbox... And you're talking about Stephen Elop, right? The Ford guy. No, that's Mullally. No, he didn't. He never commented about Microsoft. No, Elop was Nokia's yeah, CEO, and he wanted to sell every part of Microsoft. Xbox, everything. It's too big. Got to chop it up. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's just a trend that he likes to proliferate. Um, see Nokia for details. Yeah. I'm just saying. So, do you think now? Of course, uh, in this in this interview, that people tried to decipher it and pick it apart. One of the things he mentioned was that he buys too many books and isn't able to finish them. I do that. Now, I can't read. I so I buy books and I appreciate them on my shelf. Okay, I understand. However, as the CEO of a major company in the world marketplace, do you think it's okay for a CEO to say that in his first interview? Yes. I mean, I'm okay with it. The but guy I'll... is great. I, I'm okay with it, too. But a lot of people were very um, concerned that he likes to start projects but then not finish them. And I don't he think that's true. I think, well, yes, he'll fit in with Microsoft in that respect, but I don't think that's what that means. I think he just reads a lot of content, but then doesn't drill all the way down. I think that's okay. I mean, he's not in charge of any one project anymore. He just has to get people started on other things and then let them go to town. Right, exactly. even that. Yeah. So I will queue up the next video while we continue discussing this. So how long do you think it will take for us to see results of Nadella as a CEO position? Absolutely, three years minimum. Three years minimum. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about three years minimum, but I know at least you know a good year. Um, you know, as we discussed with the the Google and Lenovo acquisition, you know, there's going to be months and months of pipeline to deal with. I, I bet he's going to 
keep XP from falling. Oh, I'm sure he will not. Really? I'm sure he's the one of the most important people in trying to get rid of it. How do you do it? He's an enterprise. It's so we understand um, how protagonist. Let me let me rephrase. An enterprise protagonist. He wants people to buy either Windows Seven or preferably Windows Eight for their enterprise endeavors. He wants people to get off of Windows XP. He can't offer competitive services with anyone, let alone Google, when you're running XP. But. Their employees are still using XP. There's, n- yeah, you're right. <laughs> so uh, I saw today. This is completely an aside. I saw today a top ten list for um things you think about or, th- or top ten things uh that indicate that you've been using Windows uh, XP for too long. And reason number one is it's today and you're using Windows XP. Wow. Yeah. So um in in addition to this CEO successor, right? Uh, Bill Gates has changed his role. Now, what was Bill previously? Uh, he was, um, well, originally he was founder and CEO, and then he was chairman of the board, and mm-hmm. now he's a nobody in the corner. But but not actually. Now he's technical advisor to our good friend Satya Nadella. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what do you think technical advisor means? He gets paid to eat Little Caesar's pizza in the CEO room. I don't know. I don't think that's my dream job. I understand. No, so I think I think it it could mean two things. Do you think it means that he Saudi apparently asked for him to do this, like it was his request to doing it? So do you think that Saudi wants uh, a person who is well known in the company and in the you know marketplace of the world to be a spokesperson for him because he's new to the spotlight of being a public CEO, or do you think that he legitimately wants Gates's ideas? I the fame. Yeah, I'm thinking it's fame. I don't know if Gates really has any ideas that anybody wants. Yeah, no, fame fame goes a long way. So one of the things that Bill says is that he wasn't really working much for the company. And, and as a chairman, he didn't really work much with product groups and anything. So if Bill had legit ideas, though, if he told any head of any department, hey, I have an idea for this that you guys might want to look into, don't you think they would have listened to him? Exactly. So he could have, for years, intervened in anything that he wanted to, and he would have been listened to, regardless of Balmer's activity. Just blaming him again? Uh, yes, I am blaming Balmer again. But so let's let's listen to some of uh, what Bill has to say. ...about the choice of Satya Nadella to be the CEO of Microsoft. Microsoft has a long history of innovation, going back to the beginning, where the vision of the personal computer was something that Microsoft helped bring to life. Our vision of a platform that software developers could thrive by building on really initiated the entire software industry. We brought forward graphics interface. uh, We took advantage of the Internet. Uh, So as the industry changes, we have to innovate and move forward. Satya's got the right background to lead the company during this era. There's a challenge in mobile computing. There's an opportunity in the cloud. In the various business groups he's worked in, he's driven innovation, gotten architectures put together that really meet the needs of our customers. The opportunity for Microsoft is greater than ever before, whether it's taking Office and bringing it to interactive documents, letting you find your information in rich ways, securing your information in rich ways, or even building a new platform, a cloud platform that connects to all sorts of different devices. I'm thrilled that Satya's asked me to step up, uh, substantially increasing the time that I spend at the company. I'll have uh, over a third of my time available to meet with product groups, uh, and it'll be fun to define this this next round of products working together. So there's a lot of... Op- Alarming issues with that hallway. 
Well, what do you think about what do you think about what he has to say? Though? Oh, that's more boring. Yeah, a little bit. We can talk about the hallway later. Fine. So I, I guess I, I don't know what he so means. A third of what his does that mean? Working time yeah, or his entire time. time? That's what I want to know too. That's the exact it's question. Working time. I mean, I could see two thirds of your time eating pizza. Like what? Half an hour? Like is that a third of your time then? So I, we don't know because he could be a twenty-hour week employee. Exactly. You know, and if he if he's the technical advisor, that means he'll just Skype in all the time. So I'm just saying. You really think he's gonna be using Skype? Fine, link, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I that that really is the key point for the the Gates part of this, and without knowing that, it's kind of a, an odd thing to say. Yeah. Um. But. So I, I guess there's also um, some videos of Steve Ballmer and his farewell message. He is listed on the website, and I think that's really funny, is the former chief executive officer. I just think that's funny. And uh, the new chairman of the board is now John W. Thompson. And apparently a lot of people in the industry know who this guy is. I don't. So go listen to them for info. I will have to list that, look that up. Yeah, you, there's. He also posted a video on the website uh, about this. Uh, the Microsoft website is probably the best place to go and read about Satya and Gates' new role, I guess. But there's really not a whole lot of info on the on it at all. Just, just, just literally none. Uh, and you can also read the Verd for more coverage. Now, and of course, we'll probably be getting more info in March. Is it March? When when is build again? I forget. Uh, June. No, it's it's not. It's oh, yeah, it's well. April or March. I don't know. I think it's April for build and March for the release of Windows eight point one update one. See, they should be together, but they're not anymore. April second through fourth. Right. So San Francisco. Yeah. So we'll probably get more information about these two. It might even be his first public speaking spot, and I would be really pleased if he could maybe not do a presentation that's long, but just to say hi, meet and greet. As long as he doesn't do it in a tent. It's fine. Well, not only that, as long as he doesn't walk around the stage saying, Azure, Azure, Azure. As long as he doesn't have a triangle thing and has a tent set up on their front lawn, he can do better than what is What does the Azure logo look like? It's uh like the blue... Oh, it's blue windows. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was I was thinking, what if it was an upside-down triangle or something? That'd be kind of funny. No, so, there, there's all of that Microsoft stuff, and, and I thought that was originally going to eclipse the Newsweek, but it didn't. No, so, this this week has been uh, so let's 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 begin with the real news, the meat of the show, the actual content and things we know stuff about. Yeah, uh, uh, do you, do you know um, what we're going to start with? We're going to start with more earnings calls, but not really. We're going to start with the aftermath of that. And so, do you remember last week we talked about the Apple stock earnings? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked about how their stock tanked a little bit after the earnings call, but then went back up. Well, this week, two weeks after the earnings call for Apple Q1 13 or Q4 13 Apple has proceeded to buy back 14 billion dollars worth of shares as a part of the buyback program they announced a few years ago. You know how many 14 billion dollars is? It's a lot of dollars. That is it's pretty bad. So what this What's it a sign to come? Uh no, it's not. It's a, it's a, it's part of the plan. So That's the plan. Yeah, so what it does, I guess, is it increases the value of the stock that other people have. So by Apple owning more of themselves, it apparently increases the value of others. I'm not sure what the buyback program really is about in in monetary terms, but that's basically the idea. Uh, he also went on to say after they had announced that they were doing this fourteen dollar or fourteen billion dollar uh, deal was that uh, there will be new product categories. They're not ready to talk about it, but they're cooking up some great stuff. It's just, uh, not exact words, but it's pretty close. Wow, cool. So. 
14 billion dollars is um one of the things that do you remember Carl Icahn? 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 He was oh. trying he was one of those bidders for the Dell acquisition um and that didn't he didn't he wasn't picked so to say. Um he's a, an activist investor I guess and what he's trying to do is to raise the Apple stock to an absurdly high price he bought low he's trying to raise it up to sell high and then it's he's planning on to have it drop back down and he's trying to manipulate not only apple but also the market into doing this for him and it's public knowledge that he's doing this of course and so this might be not necessarily a sign of that but it could be like because they're doing it now instead of waiting or doing it previously it could be part of that plan yeah we don't know it you know it's kind of hard to tell i'm not a shareholder it turns out but Apple's continuing one of their promises they made a while ago, and uh, so they've been building this uh, new facility in uh, Arizona. Um, and so they've always said that they're going to start trying to do more things in the United States, and it seems like they're going to do that. And so this whole facility is based on sapphire-related technologies. Now, it sounds funny to say, right? Well, I know they use something for their fingerprint readers. Right, so it's two places, actually. It's the uh, fingerprint reader, but it's also the glass platter on the top of the camera. Which... Kind of cool. Sapphire technology. Well, so do you know what Sapphire's best quality is? It's expensive. That's the second best quality. Try again. It's uh, like an iPhone? No, so it's cheaper than diamonds. It's much more abundant, but it's just as strong as any girl glass you've ever seen in your life and way stronger. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the best quality. But up until recently, it's been kind of hard to get and it's been kind of expensive to manufacture. Yeah, and so this place isn't just for research technology. So they also think they're going to do some production stuff there too. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It's going to be cool to see what they do. So um, apparently, Apple just ordered enough sapphire crystal, and you know this is something that Apple's famous for. They like to pre-order a ton of componentry and then sue their order? suppliers and sue their suppliers for not having enough. And so they like to pre-order so much to buy up stock or supply. I guess they've ordered a hundred million iPhones worth of five-inch displays in sapphire which is a lot now this is of course just one you know outlets interpretation of the the amount of stock they could have ordered you know a quarter of that for sapphire imac displays there's no way they did that need the extra beefiness no they don't no they don't but on an ipad or an iphone or an ipad you know actually i think the best place so that that's another thing exactly so for the wrist wristwatch uh kind of um iwatch thing they could build we still don't know. Now, I, there's been I, a lot of talk about that this week. It, you know, so I, so we, we, we're all thinking that it's going to be for a display, right? Yeah. No, it's not. You know what it's going to be for? What's it for? The next iPhone, the case will be made out of sapphire. You hear, heard it here first. Really? Yes. The, the front will still be made out of glass, but the entire body will be made out of sapphire. That's going to might change the little pricing scheme. Yeah, it'll be the same, and it'll break even faster. So you'll have to buy three. That's pretty bad. Ponzi scheme. Well, speaking of schemes, Woz, you know, Steve, Steve Wozniak, <sighs> yeah, our good friend, it. the teddy bear guy, the, the guy, Segway who, guy, the Segway guy who, who goes to order his iPhone, his third iPhone on a Segway. That guy, Woz, uh, you know, he's kind of eccentric, even though he works for Apple. He kind of just says things that he probably shouldn't say, even though he's still working for Apple. That's, that's lame. His latest quip is that Apple could very well compete with Android. People like the precious looks of st- and stylings and manufacturing that we have in our products compared to others uh, in the Android offerings. We could play in two arenas at the same time. That's what he said this week. Basically, he wants Apple to make an iPhone that has an Android on it. Which, yeah. No, it's never going to happen. And he knows that. 
But it's kind of funny that he's saying it. It is funny, but uh, not really. I he's been kind of annoying me the last couple of weeks. He is kind of annoying. He's, what what he's other things? In my feeds. What other things has he, has he been doing? Well, he's was saying like, oh, it's time for the world to start taking innovation seriously again. Like, um, I think I guess he, he grew up in the I, space race. Well, not only that, I think he might always just say that. Yeah. Uh, and what what been, about his movie deal problems? Uh, he's still going on about how he's privately funding an accurate version of his thing. Like, I guess he already had one movie thing kind of come through, but mm-hmm. then not. Well, you know, um, the, the most recent Steve Jobs movie was kind of a horrible show. Did you ever actually go to see it? Did I? No, yeah. I didn't get around to it yeah. before it left theaters. I probably could find it on Netflix or something sometime soon. You know, it's going to happen. Or maybe I can get it off iTunes. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for laughter, but uh, the audience isn't listening. No. Either way, want to talk about Dell? Uh, yeah, tell me about Dell. Well, it's been a lot of uh, little manufacturer news this week, for, and all over there's been some hurting, especially at Dell. It was described by an employee as a bloodbath. A layoff bloodbath. 15,000 of their workers were told not to come in the next week. Do you know how bad that is? Uh, it's almost an indefinite layoff, is from what it sounds like, and... We've learned through uh, rigorous research in 2013, the last call had 108,000 workers. So so it's a good chunk of their workforce. That's a large chunk of the workforce. Now, do we know what area of the workforce this is coming from? I don't think this is from the production line. I think this is uh, thinning out the management area. And so development. So I, I, it'd be interesting if it were like. So do we know if it's in the United States? Do we know if it's no, in China? They, um, we know very little about. Okay, it. so it'd be interesting if we knew that because, you know, Dell has, you know, uh, if they're just laying off people in one place, one part of the world, maybe it's okay. Maybe they're just closing branches that aren't as successful. But if it's throughout the world or in the United States, then it might be concerning and it might affect operations. No, uh, they still plan to continue producing. What they already have signed to. Well, speaking of not producing things that they have planned, Sony is selling the Vio lineup. Do you know the Vio lineup? You know, that famous brand yeah. of laptops. I hated their Vio stuff. Like, before they I've never the actually I used things, the Vios. Like, they, they, they put a GIF when you start the computer up. Really? Like, it was amazing back in... The like, 90s? Yeah. 2004? Earlier than, like, 2000-something. Mm-hmm. Um, Trichel had one, and oh, I, I, see. I, I worked on Trichel's thing. Um, but I, that was my only real experience with one. I kind of hate them. Mm-hmm. And um, any anyone who has one at well, any point in their life, I don't know why can't be a competent so, person. So, so the the Vial line was very similar to the MacBook Pro or Air of the Windows era world. You know, section of computing. You know, there really aren't a lot of premium you know mainstream computers in the laptop section or at least not until recently and the violine was one of those uh so now they're selling it to the japan industrial partners also known as the jip which i think is funny and sony says overall we'll cease planning design and developments of pc products so it's not just the violine that they're giving up even though that's the namesake of the line it's all computers yeah so towers anything made by sony it's over apparently isn't that interesting? It is. That's, now, uh... compare this to, you know, compare any any um, computer that they made in the last few years with, um, like, a MacBook Pro, MacBook Air. Would you have bought one versus a MacBook Pro, MacBook Air? No. I probably wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, now, do you think part of this problem is to blame on Windows 8? How do you figure? I don't... Well, Windows 8 was not very successful. You know, if you were going in to buy a computer, would you pick Windows 8 or would you pick a, a competitor who was selling Windows 7 HP? <laughs> 
Windows 7 is great. Right. So now would you pick a new expensive VIO with Windows 8, the premier operating system Microsoft is touting, or, you know, a one-year-old, you know, just Pavilion? Well, the price is going to be cheaper than the Pavilion. Yeah, but it might not be nearly as good. But it's going to be a step up because it's new. And it doesn't Uh, have all of your AOL crap. And it doesn't have Windows XP anymore. So I think there's two problems. Windows 8 wasn't very captivating. And it's very, very difficult for OEMs in the Windows world to sell premium experience computers similar to a MacBook Pro, but for less than a MacBook Pro. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that really hurts. Like, you remember Vizio a couple years ago, how they tried to make the fancy pants Vizio laptops? They're not that good. They tried, but they're still not that good. And they they did say they're trying again. Right. And like they'll keep trying. It's going to come out. Everybody's going to keep trying. But nobody's done it, and it's very, very daunting for it not to work. But they did say that they're going to try to make some mobile stuff. Oh, yeah. Whatever that means. Oh, well, we know they're committed to the phones. And the Vitas. Uh, and then the Vitas and the PlayStations. We know they're committed to that. Yeah. So maybe that will um, be successful in the long run. Mm-hmm. Hey, so HP, um, you know how they're not just making pavilions and stuff for consumers. And they're stuff. making printers, too. The, the, not only do they make the incredible popular printers. Uh, so they make uh, touchpads, right? Um, Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah? Okay. I mean, oh, wait, wait, wait. They make Android tablets, 7-inch tablets. Allegedly. Okay. Well, what, what, are, what are you going for? Well, they also have a large sliver of the Enterprise class stuff. It's funny you describe that as a large sliver. The sliver is... Well, you compare them to, like, IBM stuff and, uh, you know, other things. Um, Ironically, you do that. Yeah. No, but HP does have a lot of enterprise-class stuff, mm-hmm. and um, they're changing how support works for them. They used to be able to, like, you, sh- you should be able to get firmware updates and stuff for as long as the life of the stuff. And so some things from a long time ago, like, there are still security patches. Because vulnerabilities get discovered in old things all, all the, the time. time. And um, if you read Threat Down and stuff, there's always something about some HP product that uh, gets stuff. And then it always tells you to get the latest firmware because it fixes the stuff. Um, but that's all going to change. Soon they're going to have a subscription-based thing. So all products, you get the stuff for the first three years or two years or whatever they end up deciding. And then you'd have to have a subscription with them to continue to get firmware. And this is a lot like how the Oracle model is right now. You know, I guess that's fine if it makes the money great. So is this, like, retroactive? So things purchased... Three years ago, we'll start to have this kick in. Yeah, that's fine. Starting in September, um, everything that's old, you got to start paying for. I think that's okay. I think it's really reasonable. Um, although, I guess I might have like some like obviously this is for an enterprise, and you can pay a lot for enterprise class support and software and and technical. But things. the reason sometimes you buy into something is because you know it's going to be supported. Right. Like, exactly. That, that's part of the initial investment. And like, so, for a lot of companies, paying for things make them feel good. Yes, and a lot of the times, like, um, like you know, Apple doesn't support their old things. For good reason. But there's a million companies that sell support exactly. on them. Yes, um, right. And so as long as they're going to buy support from some, somebody, they're happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's... now they won't be able to get it straight, free updates. It's not I, like they... I think that's okay. Yeah. And especially, so this is, this is you know, enterprise class stuff. So presumably you're using the components you have to make enough money to be able to do this anyway. It, it won't, it'll make HP last longer and it will cut companies' margins down by 0.000%. I don't know about that. I don't think it's going to be a big dip in the bucket for any companies using HP servers. I mean, they can go to Oracle if they're not happy. Which is a lot more expensive. Yeah, and, and a lot less happiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, 
HP not only likes to change support on their users in the server market, but they also like to change things for everybody else. And they're hoping to do that with Chromeboxes for the consumers. In spring, they won't have an entry-level Chromebox. No, they will have a high-end Chromebox just for you. We don't know the pricing, but we do know some very, very, very slim specs. We know that it will have HDMI and DisplayPort for output. No VGA, no DVI. That's good. I'm glad. We know that it'll come with four USB 3 ports. No USB 2. That's good. And we know that it'll be coming with a Haswell i7 processor. Now, it'll probably be a laptop kind of component processor. You know, might not be for like a, you know, might not be like a 4770K or a 46 something, right? It'll be something probably found in a laptop to maintain the small form factor and heat problems. But that's still pretty good. An i7 in a Chromebook. That's great. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think the cost on that would be? I don't know, $1,000? Oh, well, it's funny you mention that. Why is it funny? Oh, um, tell me about uh, Seuss and their deal with Google. Well, Asus has been real busy because, uh, you know how, when, like when we went to SPPS and stuff, like we saw like telecommunication rooms mm-hmm. are... Wasn't that from Cisco? Is that... Is Cisco. That... Well, yes. of course it's from... There is, I, there's I... no competitor to Just them had to right ask. in that. Um, but soon there will be because there's this new Chromebox for Meetings bundle kit. For $1,000, you can get a remote, camera, speakers, and a Chromebox with an i7 so you know it uh, can do streamlined things So multiple streams. <laughs> so apparently, so as you said, it's $1,000, which is expensive for just a Chromebox, but you get all the other stuff too. And you know, it's a, it's a good speaker. It's a good, good. mic. Yeah. You know, it's an omnidirectional mic. You know, it can pick up a conference room of 15 people or whatever. Um, you need a remote for that. And the, the Chromebox itself has an i7 in it, which the HP partners are also releasing an i7. So that's kind of fishy that they're both releasing a Haswell i7 based product at the same time or thereabout. Well, a Google engineer, um, chimed in on this and it said that it is required to have an i7 in order to encode and decode multiple streams simultaneously. It's important to do that. So it turns out I am not wrong for believing that my i3 on the table was inadequate for this task. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think $1,000 is a great deal for this? I I don't know enough about the camera yet. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'd also... It looks like a junk Logitech one. Yeah, that it, you could it pick looks up exactly like that. It looks just like our things, but like a little higher end. One tier up. Yeah. I, I mean... You've seen it, that before, though. It looks like the C920 from Logitech or the C910. And those are... They're nice. good. They're nice. But, but they're but not... They're, they're $70. 90 retail at Target, but yeah, $70. And they're not, you know, Cisco class monsters yeah. and, it, and it looks like this goes on top of a monitor it's not embedded into the wall exactly or the, table or the podium now, so i think it would also be interesting if they have the ability to add webcams you know how in um it have to be so you know how in it hangouts because this uses the hangouts technology to do its you know screen sharing and you know virtual conferencing it'd be interesting if they add a special feature for the chrome boxes and then roll it out to other people so you could have, plug in three webcams right so you could have three different views around the people on the table. Because what if you had a circular table? How would that work? It'd be weird, right? Yeah. So that that would be an interesting thing to see. Uh, this will probably evolve over time. And you can see really why Google wanted to uh, make this product. I'm sure a lot of teams inside of Google really love this. I mean, it's better than using Hangouts straight. Well, of course. I mean, we don't even do that. Yeah, we do. So I, I so do we know when this is launching? I, I don't remember if I read about it. Um, uh, starting today. 
Oh, well. You can buy it right now. Great. I think I will put in my order. Yeah. Um, you can buy it from not the Play Store, but from Google. Yeah, that's itself. fine. So uh, there is also one other thing about this. So the first year is free to own it. Like you have to pay $1,000, and then the first year is free. And then every year after, there's an annual fee of $250 for what they call management and support fees. That's kind of a lot. No, so I'm thinking if you already if you knew you were going to pay twenty thousand dollars for your Cisco fied conference room, you know, I guess you have a pretty big budget for two hundred fifty dollars to have a management and support fee. What that means essentially is that if your little Chromebox ever overheats or your camera shorts out or you know whatever, you're covered, right? So it's kind of like a rental fee yeah. for the equipment. That's that's okay. Then. You know how like they were doing the Chromebooks for schools? You know, every month twenty five dollars every month. Yeah. In case kid drops it. What if, what if you spill coffee on your Chromebox? Oops. That'd be bad. Yeah. Don't do not do that. So I'm, I'm looking up the uh, way to get a hold of somebody to sell it to you because you can't just actually buy it. You have to contact them and fill out this thing. And they ask if your organization is already Google Apps customer. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine so, what that would mean? Like, I'm sure they give a lot of priority to those those people. Yeah. You know, it's kind of uh, it's not expensive, but it would be, you know, unless you're a business, you can't get Google Apps, basically. Yeah, but this could be because Cisco crap is expensive, Very and expensive. they own the market because they do, and they're amazing at it. Now, this is—I don't know for large business, but for small business, you know, like you know, thirty people or, or less. Oh, oh, so think about so NBC Nebraska Book Company is huge, mm-hmm. and our little store, like our our my homeland, um, wouldn't be able to have its own telecommunication rooms. Right, that would be impossible. Still, do you know what they do right now? They have conference calls. They pay right, all the time for all the bulk conference mm-hmm. call rate and other things. But they have $1,000 and like one corner of the office has... Just set this a, up. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. That would be great for a one... The branch offices. A branch office. Yes, and absolutely. There's thousands of them throughout the states. Mm-hmm, definitely. Now, that said, there's a lot of companies who also already have the Cisco integration and they already have the Microsoft Link integration. They already have systems, right? Well... Google, in conjunction with Video, the partner in this, has devised some trickery to apparently devise a method to have integration with those other services. Now, I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how open the link protocol is. I don't know how open any of those uh, Cisco protocols are, but apparently it's possible. Wow, cool. Yeah. Can you imagine being able to you know, Skype in, so to say, with a Cisco person on your Hangout? Yeah, I mean, has it been cool than hitting the Mayday button? Um, I don't think anything's that cool, actually. R- really? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so. Well, uh, if you don't need teleconference support, but you'd still like to get a fancy pants ASUS Chromebox, you can because coincidentally, just a few hours later, they came out with their own too. Uh, it's probably the same models, honestly. Who knows though? And uh, these Chromeboxes start at a very, very low price. Do you know what the price is? What is the price? The price is just one hundred and seventy nine dollars. Wow, that's cheaper than a Nexus Seven. Just so you know. I think I'd have to buy two. Uh, but here's the problem: it's a Celeron twenty nine fifty fifty five U. That's right, fifty fifty five U. No, it's a twenty nine fifty five U. Celeron. Did I tell you that it was a Celeron? <sighs> Celerons aren't too bad. Do you you don't think so? Like, isn't that like Sempron class? Like, isn't that terrible? Like, they have nicer ones. Like, isn't I mean, that? It's not like a Bay Trail or anything cool. Like with super. I know it's not a bait trail. That would be cool. Because you know, then it could be even half the size it is already. Like, right. It could be in the size of a SD card. 
Yeah. No, wait, that's that's Ed- no, Ed- that's, that's, that's Edison. Different that's different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So it, for one hundred seventy nine dollars, you get one point one point four gigahertz dual core Celeron, which is you know what you might find you, in a Chromebook, like a Pi times twenty. Yeah, but if you're already spending two hundred bucks, you might as well spend. Yeah, well, yeah. I've never price grape. <laughs> I don't. Know, I've never been a fan of pies. Oh, I'm not either. Like, not uh, at all. I know. The, the only dedicated listener we actually have likes pies. But well, you know, it's cool as a pie. Right. Box. So as a tinkering project, it might be cool. But as as a computing platform, it's not. not I that mean, this cool. is something I could get my. Just, you know, just grandma. to plug in. Right. Exactly. Just to plug in to, so she can check her email and whatever. So in addition to that, it has two gigs of memory, 16 gigs of internal storage. So just enough to cache Gmail. That's about it. Uh, it comes with Wi-Fi and built-in, which is really nice. It comes with Bluetooth 4, which is also really nice. And it comes with an SD card reader in case you want to put, uh, you know, pictures or something on it from your camera. Which is, that, that's what we done. Now, there's also, uh, according to my information, two additional models. The additional models come with a, um, an i3 variant and, uh, another additional model in an i7 with four gigs of memory however the i7 model the one i would like so i could perform my own google conference center guess what does not come in the united states apparently won't be shipping here available here anyway so yeah now i would be really curious to know if this is the same product that google is selling with the chromebox for conferencing or meeting i don't think it is but if it were it'd be so cool yeah Mm mm-hmm so Google has finally opened up the Google Cast, um, the protocol that enables Chromecast to work. And uh, oddly, the open launch did not bring any other Google services that really need Chromecast support or additional support. You know, like Google Plus, yeah. sharing local content, you know. Yeah, but they also made the SDK finalized. Yes. That's out now. So that's what they were really waiting for. So you remember when Chromecast launched last August? Yeah. You know, we went to the page and it said, if you use this, you will be shot, basically. Yeah, it was absurd. It like was you, really suspicious. If you made anything, you have to destroy it within a minute. Right. Otherwise, you know, it's yeah. illegal. It was really suspicious, and it made no sense. Like, it was a complete violation of everything Google stood for, right? Well, it's open now, and that's great. And, you know, a lot of partners were working with Google in the past few months to get their initial wave of apps open. Um, you don't use it. Beyond Pod was one of those. Uh, Ian Buck was commenting on how Beyond Pod's kind of a small group of people working on it, and it's kind of impressive that Google knew to give them early access. And so now that the API is finalized and the SDK is finalized, as you mentioned, now we, the Nexus, can finally put a Chromecast button on our site. That's gonna and be, I can uh, finally listen to our podcast on my Chromecast. When it's not, you know, doing The Bachelorette or whatever it's doing. But, right. Uh, I, I might have to get another one for my TV down here. Just get a Chromebox. But it doesn't have Chromecast. No. You know, like, it's... It, you need both. I know. Isn't that dumb? It should, I mean, you should be able to buy them both for 200 You know, honestly, that's how it works. 179 plus 35? It's like 200 <laughs> That's not how math works. I agree. No, but you should get the bundle discount, you know? The bundle discount. The, the bundle right. discount. Right, right, of course. Well, um, speaking of bundling, the Google acquisition of Nest has finally... Been cleared. And by finally, I mean what? In the last three three weeks since, that was me, since Google purchased Nest, isn't that amazing that it was so fast that the FTC has already cleared it? No, 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 no qualms, no, no antitrust, no monopoly problems. That's, that's great. Just, that's just, here you go, nice have your Nest. Acquisition. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see them, uh. Do that with, uh, Motorola? 
at Verizon. Oh yeah, yeah. You you go go ahead, go ahead and see that happen. Not gonna happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, speaking of Motorola, um, their whole being purchased by Lenovo thing, their event roadmap is going to consist of exactly what Motorola's thing. So there's not going to be a huge deviation suddenly. Yes, that's, that's very good. Um, and we'll know a little more about it on Mobile World Con. Uh, congress event on the 25th of this month which is only a few weeks away Mm -hmm. and we'll hear dennis woodside's side of the story yes and so uh dennis woodside if you haven't heard is the ceo of motorola uh which is kind of funny because now they're owned by a company who also has a ceo so i've always found that to be kind of weird but he will be giving an update on the business and of course you might have heard this was scheduled before the announcement of purchase and the purchase might have not have gone legally through by the time this happens in March. What, no, February. What am I thinking? So it's kind of interesting that uh, they're going to talk about it. We don't know if they're going to talk about any new products. You know, it'd be kind of a good time to start mumbling about the Moto X2 or the next Moto G update or the next Moto tablet. You know, a new product for the lineup. Uh, since we haven't had, heard anything about it, it might not happen. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you know Newegg, right? I've heard of them. And you know, you know how Amazon is kind of considering maybe upping the prices on Prime? Yeah, I heard that. Well, Newegg wanted a piece of that pie in case people start converting over from Newegg, I mean Amazon, to other services. You've heard of ShopRunner, right? Yeah. That's the weird thing. Yeah. They try pawning off whenever Domino's you check out. Domino's is a part of yes, ShopRunner. Domino's is a part of ShopRunner, Pizza Hut. Um, Newegg, a lot of online retailers like JCPenney, Kohl's, they all have ShopRunner integration. Basically, it's kind of like a Prime, but for multiple businesses. It's kind of a cool, I think, I don't know what the pricing is, but it's not... It's not too bad. It's not unreasonable if you know you want to shop online from a lot of places and you don't mind shipping, um, you know, to some extent of a delay. You know, it's not free today. It's... <laughs> I couldn't mute that. I'm sorry. Um, you know, it, it's decent. So Newegg has their own deal, and it's bypassing ShopRunner completely. It's called what? Not not Newegg Prime, Newegg Premier. Oh, that, that's that's actually different. Is it? They both start with the same through two letters. Two letters, and that, that's <laughs> enough to file a lawsuit. Amazon has a patent on it. Really? No, they don't. So it's a little bit different than Prime, though. So it's not three day. I mean, it's not two day shipping. It's actually three day shipping. So a lot of their products on there are already three day anyway. Yeah, but it's free, so that's okay. So a lot of the times I look on Newegg, I only sort by free items. Oh well, I, when don't. I built my computer in two thousand eleven. I spent like four dollars in shipping. Oh, like one of my components. I always look shipping. for the best items well, and the most expensive. Because <laughs> see, I buy mid tier like everyone else in the world, so they're popular and free shipping. Yeah, I bought mid tier components in the high end. Mm. I didn't buy a 780. I bought a 660. Okay, well, anyway. So it's $50 a year instead of 80 or 100 or 120. So $50 a year. That's actually pretty reasonable. But when you think about how often you buy computer parts, it might not be so useful. So imagine, though, if you were like a, you know, a small system builder in your, you know, in your neighborhood or city or whatever, it'd be kind of handy to have. Or if you knew you were building a lot of computers for some period of time, that might be nice. And again, it's not two day shipping, it's three day shipping for free. So there is that difference. And you don't get Newegg instant video. That's kind of a bummer, isn't it? But this is an entire collection of zero titles. Yeah. I'm not even talking about Amazon. Newegg instant video. I mean, they have so many videos, though. 
Like, yeah, um, of their own content that actually might even be better. They have a whole review channel, mm-hmm. and I actually like the guy who does. I it. do I have too. No idea what his name. is. I like don't remember Ryan either. something. Yeah, I it's it's he's good. He though. does a good job, and uh, I remember back when watching the first ones. They're just having like a breadboard that rolls, yep. and then they've gone to such a real thing. Yeah, they they have actually done a really good job with that 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 system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Want to talk about Intel? I would love to talk about Intel. So you know how all these earning calls are happening every and stuff. day, and so that time I, I don't do math and stuff, but some people do, and some people actually understand the global market and buying and selling chips and OEMs. I think we've like. established this episode that we don't know about the global market, we don't. or much of anything. But I do know that some guy who is an analyst and actually works in the fields of you know figuring out costs and who to invest in mm-hmm. has figured out that you know Intel's little uh, bay trail. Like yes, they're, they're the, amazing. There's the a new, the, new Atom. That's the new Atom, right? The yeah, new Atom. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's designed for low end netbooks and high end tablets, and, and it's actually performing pretty well. That Z3000 chip, it's pretty and good. It's good. You know, from what I've heard, is it's just as good as Apple's A7. And want to know something else? I would love to. Uh, manufacturers can get them really cheap. How In cheap? Fact, cheaper than the cost that it actually costs to make the chip. Whoa! So they can get it for four cents, and it costs five cents to make. Uh, a little more than that. A little more than that? Okay. Uh, That's fine. It sounds like it's actually around $20 per chip. Really? It can't cost that much for those bay trails. But it does. Wow. I guess I haven't been keeping up with my chip manufacturing costs lately. So what what does Intel have to say about this? Was this addressed in their well, call? So, no. This is, this is a statement issued after the call. Oh, and oh. And they oh. say, shareholders, please do not worry. Yes, we're doing this. That's to, you know, beat Samsung and everyone else. And we are still going to make bulk tons of money, we promise. So here's what I have to say about this. So imagine a Chromebook with a Bay Trail in it. Mm-hmm. Just praise. Just, just, you know, everybody would love it. Not only that, Adam had kind of a bumpy road, as you might have heard. They're slow. Uh, they're slow. They're not very fast. <laughs> Turns out uh, they're not very efficient. They take up a lot of power, even though they don't pre- deliver a lot of performance. And they're huge. And they're they're large-sized manufacturing process. So Bay Trail is much smaller, you know, the new new, new uh, manufacturing size, new architecture completely. I don't know if it's using Haswell yet, but it's still newer it anyway. Uh, so there's that. And not only that, Adam had such a bad reputation during that netbook era between XP, Vista, and 7 that Adam as a name is ruined. So it might be worth them to take a hit on upon the margins and margins from the i7 series in those yeah you know i7 extremes to reestablish that's right reestablish the name of Adam yeah don't Bay Trail it? right right yeah. I mean I don't see people actually saying Bay Trail like Adam like oh it's got an Adam like Bay Trail I mean that doesn't I don't know. it doesn't really matter because nobody knows what's inside there no nobody tablets. does I mean tablets you don't know but there's no tablet that actually has one any in it anyway I no, think there are. what who where right, I can't name them exactly. On I well, think there's, there's one many... Windows tablet from Dell who has one, and it doesn't matter. But it was a good tablet, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Russia. Well, they've they've well, done they a lot did... of things this week. Oh, the Olympics and everything? Yeah, they've, they've done the a lot. The Iron Circle. So um, I don't know anything about this Russia banning Bitcoins. Can I talk about a different Bitcoin story instead? Sure. That's related? Substitute. So, huh? Substitute now. Yeah, substitute, instant substitution, 25% off? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, this week in Bitcoin... The Apple Store, App Store that Apple hosts, the yeah. App Store from Apple, they uh, apparently have purged all of the Bitcoin wallet apps from the Apple Store. 
So you can no longer trade app or you can no longer trade bitcoins on the Apple Store, you know, using, you know, an iPhone or an iPad or whatever, but you can also no longer store it on your iPad either, your your wallet. So apparently people are so angry and apparently there's some anti-competitive speculation about it for some reason. And I don't know why because I don't think that banning bitcoins has anything to do with anti-competitiveness. Although, if you did acknowledge Bitcoin as a legitimate currency, and I guess some places have now, yeah, it would be kind of unfair to ban a country's currency if one were to do so. I mean, U.S. dollars not going to be worth much. Why? Why have it? Uh, it's still what you convert Bitcoin to after you get it. So I suppose it still is worth quite a bit. So uh, there's that. Can I talk about a different Russia story now? A- another instant substitute. Sure. I mean, substitute now. <laughs> I-, I guess okay. So. Earlier this week, as you might have heard, NBC is kind of covering the Olympics for the United States quite heavily. And uh, not really uh, doing a good job. Streams online. No, no, not so much. So, NBC also is a news organization in some respect. They have the NBC Nightly News or something, I guess. Sure. And so, they wrote a story earlier this week that basically said when you land in Russia, in Sochi, Russia somewhere, I don't know where it is, but when you land and you get off the plane and you connect your phone to the cell phone network or the Wi-Fi network or some network, I guess, basically your phone will be instantly hacked. That's basically what the story ran down and boiled down to. It didn't say anything about going to a website. It didn't say anything about an Android phone versus an iPhone. It just said you get onto a network and your phone will be compromised. It will be hacked. And so it turns out that it was a completely fraudulent story. What really happened was the reporter had to click on a specific website and then down a specific APK, so it was Android, and he never said that, but that's what happened. And he had, had to significantly, you know, he had to un, you know, uncheck the install only with authorized sources in Android. So he had to go through all this stuff to get hacked. Wow. Yeah. So it was a fake story completely. And, and it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just terrible. Yeah. I've never been a fan of, uh, them anyways. Well, I so this was aired on TV. Uh, there's another thing that that's also quite um, interesting. If you check my Google Plus, I posted a link to it. But they have a uh, on TV. They showed you uh, showed the two people in the hotel room demonstrating this hacking. They opened a fresh MacBook Air and demonstrated how it would be hacked. So oh. you know you know how a MacBook Air when you open it fresh from the you know Apple Store. Yeah. You know how you let the bottom slide out from the top cover. Yeah. Well, they didn't know how to open the MacBook Air box, so they ripped the box apart. Wow. Yeah, so they're completely incompetent. So those are your two out-of-band stories you will not get show notes for. So please check the website, thenexus.tv slash ATN113. What else do you have? Well, so no Bitcoins in Russia now. Mm -mm. Just completely gone. And so uh, Eclipse, their foundation, the Eclipse uh, Software Foundation turned 10. Wow, are they on like Canamine still? I have no, no idea. No, I don't either. Um, so uh, IBM open sourced it in 2001, 2004. Oh, I had no idea that they had anything to do with IBM. The, the, it was okay. one of their projects. Oh, great. And then uh, they abandoned it, made it open source three three or four years later. Um, they started this foundation because to, to ban all the packages together because there's a lot of derivatives of it. And now we have the most popular IDE ever that... Uh, you know, for the longest time, Eclipse was the de facto standard for writing Android apps. Yeah, and you know, until even Java, like, because who right. wants to fix Windows to make exactly? It, it's not you're, you're, acceptable. Your variables are hard to set. They really are, and so uh, I've confirmed 
the most current version of Eclipse is codenamed Kepler. Yeah. Uh, don't don't even think for a minute that it has anything to do with a moon. Or a satellite, or a person, or a German. <laughs> I like how that's separate. Um, so are, are we doing plugs, or is it fake? Oh, um, something to highlight. Okay. Um, so a couple years ago, um, this Russian leaked a copy of this operating system called Red Star, and is the official operating system of North Korea. It was a basically Windows XP without the need for a CD key and only limited you to use a few select sites. Red Star, it sounds very communist. Well, it's for North Korea. I see. Either way, new version of Red Star, and now um, people are saying it looks OS X-like. Um, I just think it looks like a crappy GNOME install. and um, It really does not look like OS X in any direction. The, the background is green and has some weird swooshes in it. So I can't and, make the, uh, any of these pictures bigger, which is rather unfortunate. But, so, I mean, it has the, the same dock style. You know, it has a 3D dock, just like OS X Leopard. It doesn't look no. like there's a genie, though. What, um... Still Leopard had it. What Leopard? Tiger had it. Okay, so it was Leopard. Okay, so the 3D dock is, is Leopard. You know, it has the same Aqua button interface. But when you look at the fonts, when you look at the the padding, when you look at the app's design, it doesn't look anything like OS X. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um... So, and they, they, they just, we learned a few other things that are kind of corny and cool. Oh, um, such as? So, in two, this year is 2014. Mm-hmm. But if you're using one of their systems, it is actually the year 103. 103? Uh, it's been 103 years since the birth of the former North Korean leader, Kim Second Sung. Wow. That, yeah. I didn't know they would well, change the years like that. Well, it's been a, I mean, his birth was the... The dawn, dawn of time. time. Yeah. Um, so uh, how does that, that work for SSL certificates? Oh, wait, there's no security in North Korea. Well, you can only go to like 13 different sites mm. or however many there are now. Um, but no, it's kind of cool to see what uh, they have to work with. So so do we know what this is based on? Like, is it legitimately some Ubuntu or something? It is some definitely Unix. Uh, but no, we I haven't looked at it. So is much. it really Unix with an, like some UI? Like, is it really Unix? It, yeah. Or is it really Linux with some UI? It's some Bell Laboratories thing. Wow, that's really interesting. I wonder how they figured out. Uh, you know, I I can't even code in C, and I, I I'm sure like I'm uh, slave labor slightly trick. better than the average programmer in North Korea. So you don't know what the Koreans do though. When you're they trapped don't... in a box and given food every ten yeah. years, like that, that can't be that good. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I don't know about that. Yeah. So that was a big week huge week um you know i i can't imagine what's going to happen next week um yeah i think i think that's all i know what what do you do you have any big plans for next week yeah um so i have to get dominoes and three minutes ago i was asked by this guy he's letting me know that he was disappointed because i won't be able to tell him who was making my dominoes order this week who are you telling this to bailey he asks uh, and he says in a statement uh, I was looking forward to knowing who was going to make your order because he saw in the notes that uh, there will not be dominoes. Oh, it's funny because last week I edited it out of the show and put it into the, you know, ED oh. part of the show. Uh, I do that a lot these days. Yeah, I got to get unsick. Don't worry about it. Uh, so, um, are you doing anything big next week? Do you have uh, um, any, any interview Monday. things? Mondays? Monday is uh, I get my ID printed and stuff. I got a letter from Washington D.C.'s. Uh, I got my first letter for the first, corporate office. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. Um, straight from Washington D.C. That's great. That's the return address. Free of anthrax. <laughs> check. Oh, you you checked it. 
as a postal carrier, you have to be good at checking that. You, they give you this little implant in your hand, and your hand will turn blue if there is uh, something foreign and is unworthy. Is that is that is that is that true? There's no slander. It's real. I wouldn't say slander. I'd say libel. But okay. There's no liabilities. Oh, okay. Um, so I guess next week I, I I've got nothing for. You. I don't even have a midterm to tell you about. Yeah. Not yet, anyway. Well, tell me about your new partner next week. Oh, I will. I will tell you about that. The audience doesn't know what you're talking about, so I will not tell them yet. Listen yeah, to Ryan the French. Got a new partner for life. Yeah. Oh darn. That that sounds terrible to see now. Uh, so where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at MatthewPetrol.com. You can shoot me an email at yourdreamguy at MatthewPetrol.com. You did that unusually <laughs> fast. Yeah. Um, I got to go take care of some stuff. Okay. Well, and of course, you can find me just about everywhere, but especially on the Twitter, Ryan Amar, and of course, on the Google+, Plus, which is where I post many things, such as pictures of my new portable workstation and computer builds I make throughout the time. Nice. Mm-hmm. My new portable workstation. I did not review it this week, but next week I will have a, a new review for you on the new Bluetooth keyboard I have purchased. It is the future. Have a good one. Have a good one. Today is a day of sorrow for at the Nexus. It marks the end of a long-running tradition. A tradition longer than laughing at MS Comic Sans in the show note. A tradition even longer than Blackberry. And even even longer than making cracks about Sam for his crack problems. And due to massive suckage over at Detroit Axles, we have no way to buy Domino's this week. And I will not pay the $2.50 for delivery because I am cheap. Sincerely, a very sad co-host. What happened? It moved? They picked it up. Oh, well then. I was loading it. Oh. That's amazing. You talk of slanderous about them? And well, they... I slander, 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 slander to their face. I'm still doing it. Um, no. Um, oh, my gosh. Like, honestly, you think they're the same. Two小警告, two小警告, two小警告,